Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. To Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Painter. And a one handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Cody Felger, Derek Larger here with you guys again. Welcome back, guys, to the channel. Welcome back if you're listening via podcast or however you're listening. Thank you for tuning in again to another video. Really appreciate all your support. Guys, the topic of this video, with the Colts not having practice today, we thought we would just kind of do an overview of this week, what we're looking for leading up to week number one of the preseason on Sunday, 1 p.m. The Indianapolis Colts are facing the Carolina Panthers, and so there's a lot of things that are going to happen this week. There's going to be some joint practices later on in the week, so very much looking forward to that and what's going to happen there. But in this video, guys, we're going to just talk about some things we want to see here in camp, especially when the Panthers do come to town and they face off against each other. So, Derek, let's start here with the quarterback. Let's start here with the most obvious one, with Jacob Eason. What are the things you're looking for from Jacob Eason this week against a different defense a little bit um, leading up to this game here on Sunday? Well, I want him to continue to keep composure. You know, you're going to be facing a couple different guys, and you're going to be facing new schemes. And I, I just want him to continue to go out and, you know, play the same kind of football that he's used to playing just, you know, don't let it get to you, even if you're doing things uh, wrong at first. You know, it's all still a learning experience for him. So, you know, I want him to be able to feel like he can take risks, make him feel like he is in control. You know, I want to be able to see just the same old Jacob Eason and we'll see what we got in him. Because, I mean, again, this is all just a learning experience for him. All still new, relatively new. So we'll just have to see how he handles going up against a another defense that is not his own. It will be interesting for sure to see, you know, because we know how good the Colts defense can be at times. Like they were top 10 last year, so they're no slouch of a defense. Now, I do personally feel like Carolina's defense isn't as good as Indianapolis, so it will be interesting to see, does Jacob Eason have a really good day against Carolina or does he not? I think that'll be really telling towards his progress and kind of what the Colts' outlook should be regarding the quarterback position moving forward. And Frank Reich has said as much, Jacob Eason's going to play a lot in the preseason. He's going to get a lot of action, which I think is right, because he's definitely essentially still a rookie. We've talked about this before. He needs all the starting reps he can get, all the live bullets, quote-unquote, that he can get going into this game. What would you say, say Jacob Eason plays for like the first half or so, what would you say is a successful day for him here in week number one? And even in practice, what would you say 
are successful measurables moving forward. Obviously, limiting the turnovers is the big thing, right? Don't make any of the stupid decisions that, you know, will force turnovers. You know, I want to see efficiency. I want to see consistency and things of that nature. And, you know, like I said, being able to throw the ball deep, I want to see him continue to use that arm and, you know, just being accurate. You know, it's all those things. I don't really care about yardage. I don't care about touchdowns. That stuff will come. I just basically want to see him be efficient, not be giving the ball away, not making decisions where you're going to get hurt or get into bad situations for the offense. So basically, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply efficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's been interesting to see his different unofficial statistics from different people who keep track of that, that are at every practice. It seems like for a little bit, the knock was his accuracy. He has certain days where he's 50% or under, then he has other days where he's 70 plus percent. So I think, you know, like we said with different players that have tremendous talent, it's just stacking days on days, I think is a big thing for Jacob Eason. And if he can continue to, you know, like you mentioned, limit the turnovers, be efficient in terms of completion percentage and just keep moving the ball down the field. I think that's certainly a big, big win here in week number one. And Derek, we've talked about it. Jacob Easton doesn't need to be absolutely perfect, right? He doesn't need to be Andrew Luck out there. He just needs to be efficient. He needs to hold down the fort and he just needs to be able to really get out of his own head sometimes. I mean, especially the quarterback, it's such a mental game. A lot of times like, the most talented quarterbacks have struggled before because of the mental aspect, right? That's a huge part of the game. And if Jacob Eason, it seems like he's really growing in that area, especially during camp. I know they've said things like progressions. He's really kind of noticing some some things that he didn't last year. So I think for me, continual growth with Jacob Eason, if he can just have a solid first week, I think you feel pretty encouraged moving forward with your quarterback position, especially if he has to start a couple games to start the regular season when it actually counts. Mm -hmm. But Derek, there's another position that I think is probably the most, I would, I don't know if I'd say worrisome, but certainly for a lot of people, they might say it is for them. That's the left tackle position. Now, there's been debate whether or not it's just the defensive line has been really good or the offensive tackle situation has been really bad, but it has not looked pretty for both Sam Tebby and Will Holden up to this point. So for you, now that Carolina's in town, what do you want to see from either one of those guys or both of those guys? I want to see one of them at least freaking hold somebody. I mean, like, even if you got to legitimately hold, please just keep him off of Jacob Easton. I mean, I understand, like, the guys like Kevin Bowen and these other people that are at camp and, you know, are seeing this and they're saying, oh, well, it's not as bad as, you know, some people are making it out to be. I said, really? Because I'm seeing a lot of it. And I mean, I'm seeing these videos come out of Kamoko Ture literally picking up Sam Tevy by his shoulder pad and throwing him and sacking Jacob Eason. I hear Banigou's getting a sack every single day. I'm hearing Quiddy Pay is dominating Sam Tevy and Will Holden all the time. I mean, you know, it's like it's scaring me a little bit. I mean, I really am kind of nervous right now because like 
we thought, okay, Sam's heavy might be serviceable. You know, it's not great, but you know, it'd be serviceable enough and we can keep him around. Now, no offense to Kamoko Ture, because we know what Kamoko Ture can become when he's healthy. But I mean, Kamoko Ture is not one of the most experienced guys in the league. Just imagine when he actually has to face somebody who's a legitimate defensive end that's going to be out there for years and has all these moves and is going to adjust mid-game. Am I confident at this moment that Sam Tevy and Will Holden are going to be able to hold it down? I don't know. I'm not confident right now. And after seeing what I'm seeing in training camp, I mean, even after the pads, I was I was giving them the benefit of the doubt the first week. They weren't having pads on. It makes it easier for the defensive line when you don't have pads on. But the pads came on, and we're still seeing the same story. Every defensive end is dominating the left tackle at this point. So we need to figure something out, dude. I know it's preseason, obviously, but if Jacob Eason is having to fear for his life on the left side every time he drops back, that's not doing him any favors either to be able to develop. To be fair, there are things you can do to help that left tackle. Like, I get what you're saying. I'm not discrediting it at all, but I think there are things you can do to help him out. You can use a tight end over there, whatever you got to do. But you're right. I mean, it is a little bit concerning because, I mean, this is going to protect your franchise quarterback, right? It could be Wentz. It could be Eason out there. Either way, it's protecting probably your most valuable player on your offense. So it is a little bit concerning. Now, I will say there are different things in camp that people kind of overblow. And when it's bad, people always point out the bad. And there's probably, honestly, reps where you look and you're like, oh, nobody said anything, but he actually did a good job. Like when I was out at camp, yeah, Sam Tevy got beat a few times. But he also had some times where he was he was solid, right? Nothing spectacular, and you don't expect that. But I think it is a little bit concerning, but also, like, I feel like he'll be all right once you get geared up. This is why you do it, Derek. I mean, you got a couple weeks to figure it out, right, at left tackle. And if neither of these guys can do it, maybe you look elsewhere. Maybe you look internally and you make one of those guys your left tackle. Um, maybe you go sign a guy off the street. I don't know what it looks like, but – I think certainly we're going to keep an eye on that left tackle position because it's been a little bit of a concern so far. We'll see, obviously, what translates now in when Carolina comes to town because they've got Brian Burns, who's a really fantastic defensive end. So it's a little bit scary from that standpoint. But, yeah, I think you're right. Left tackle is going to be a position that we're really looking forward to. Hopefully we see some signs of improvement from both of these guys here when Carolina comes to town and obviously this week going into practice. But you mentioned those defensive ends. Let's get into those defensive ends for a minute. I mean, Quiddy Pay, Kamoko Ture, Taekwon Lewis, Ben Banigou, all these guys have had really good camps from what everybody's saying. And we know, Derek, and the Colts obviously knew, that their biggest position of weakness last year was the defensive end position, was that edge rusher. But it seems like some of these guys so far have looked pretty good. What are you thinking for defensive end? What would you like to see now facing Carolina this week and facing some of your own team leading up to the preseason and even in the preseason? I want to see how many of those pressures that we're seeing in practice actually translates to real game time action. You know, I really want to see that. You know, we've been seeing all this camp in the first 10 days that the defensive ends have been the highlight of the whole camp. Every single one of them getting pressures, getting potential sacks, you know, forcing fumbles, all of this stuff and creating pressures off the edge. I want to see them do that against an offense that isn't our own. And it will also give me an indication of where the left tackle position is. If Kamoko Ture and Ben Banigou and Taekwon Lewis and Quiddy Pay and Alquidi Muhammad and all these boys are doing this against other teams' offenses, even if it's second team. 
I'll take that with a grain of salt and I'll say, okay, so the defensive ends really are actually doing this rather than it just being that our left tackle position is trash. I'm not saying that. So honestly, it really is a big indicator of just where these guys actually are versus just seeing it in camp. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see that. Also, staying with the defense, that Sam linebacker position is one that's going to be really open for competition. You know, it's been interesting without Darius Leonard out there. EJ Speed's got a ton of run at that uh, will side linebacker. And it's going to be interesting because you think it's going to be a competition between him and also Zaire Franklin, who's been more of that Sam guy for you the last couple of years. What are you looking for from both these guys? What are you looking for for all these linebackers here now leading up to this week? What do you want to see? Oh, man, I want to see them continue to build off of what they've been doing. From what I saw in coverage for EJ Speed especially, has really been doing much better about being in coverage the correct way. I don't want to see him do that some more. I don't question EJ Speed or Zaire Franklin in the run defense. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm supremely confident in their ability to stop the run, hit gaps the way they need to do it. I'm not worried too much about that. I saw in limited action two years ago, EJ Speed come in and completely dominate the game when he was in in the preseason action then in the run defense. I just want to see more of being in the right position to make plays in the pass coverage. That's where it concerns me. We said that about Anthony Walker. We're just, we're trying to find that other guy that we feel confident we can throw in there when need be. Obviously, Darius Leonard and Bobby Okariki are the better pass coverage guys. But I want to see that all-around package. And so far, I really like what I've heard from EJ Speed. I really want to be able to continue to see that happening. Yeah, EJ Speed is a physical freak. And you do sleep better at night if you know you have a guy that can play the mic and the will. If one of those things happen, like Bobby Okariki gets banged up or Darius Leonard gets banged up or whatever, you feel more confident that you have a quality backup that can step in. And the drop-off's not as extreme as it would be in past years. And yeah, I think definitely that Sam linebacker, I'm looking for EJ Spees had a strong camp, right? I'm specifically looking for him. Can it translate now to the preseason, right? Can it translate against a different offense, against an offense that has a pretty talented quarterback in Sam Darnold, albeit he hasn't lived up to that, but I would say he's one of the more talented quarterbacks in the league. So like, okay, how do you look against other guys that aren't your teammates, right? How do you look not against your second string quarterback? I'm really interested to see that for sure. Another position corner is one that I think is under huge, huge microscope right now with that number three corner position. you got so many guys going after it. Rocky Sin, Marvell Tell, Isaiah Rogers, TJ Carey. What are you looking for from all these guys to see who can potentially be that number three corner slash number two outside corner? I'm basically looking at the competition between Rocky Sin and Marvell Tell especially. You know, from what I've heard, you know, and we even asked our buddy Culture Shock Marcus about this, and he posted a video, I think, recently 
that said Marvel Tell deserves some playing time. So, you know, very interesting comments there because, you know, I was kind of saying that as my dark horse for the third quarterback spot to begin with is, you know, Marvel Tell did really well in 2019 and then opted out. You know, I'm very interested to see what he does. And, you know, we've said the whole time that Rocky Sin's job, you know, it's up for grabs right now. It's either his to take or he loses it. So, I mean, you know, Rock, he might end up being a rock in a hard place or he's going to end up, you know, being the guy that we wanted him to be when we drafted him. So ultimate question there. I mean, and does Isaiah Rogers, you know, come in preseason time, get a few snaps and just lock down receivers? I don't know. At this point in time, you know, I, I think that the Colts have a good idea of who they want at that third corner spot, but whether it's by committee or whether it's by the hot hand, unsure right now, but preseason's where it's at. It gets to show who's uh, taking the leap forward. Mm -hmm. Another position that's interesting is the kicker position, a position that nobody really talks about that much, but I think is a very interesting battle between Rodrigo Blankenship and Eddie Pinheiro. Now, both these guys, from what we've heard, have had really strong camps. So it's looking more and more like, Okay, this could actually be a legit competition. Both these guys are looking fantastic. Obviously, it's a lot different when it's actually players running at you and not just kicking freely, right? We saw, obviously, heard about Rodrigo Blankenship kicking from 70-plus yards and making it. About every kicker can do that, let's be honest, with nobody rushing after you. But when the pressure comes, I think, is the biggest thing. How can Blankenship respond? And has he cleaned up those 50-plus yarders? that he really wasn't that great at last year for, for looking at his stats. I mean, he only attempted a couple, but he wasn't great from that yardage standpoint. Mm -hmm. And even pointing to that Buffalo game when there was tremendous pressure, he missed one. So you're like, okay, how does he respond? What are you looking for in preseason between both these guys? Just basically looking for, you know, as efficient as possible. You know, I don't care what length it is. I really don't care where it's from. I just want – to see that ball go through the uprights. We already know, you know, Blankenship has a really solid ball. It really doesn't move a lot, so I'm not too worried about it. Ultimately, I'm just wanting him to get his mechanics down. You know, I mean, we had the issue in Green Bay when, you know, he was kicking that 50-yarder and then planted his foot into the ground when he went to kick it, and that's why it ended up short. He kicked it right. It just was the fact that he put his foot into the ground too soon. You know, it's just simple stuff like that. Simple stuff where, you know, I just want to see him continue to make the better fundamental decisions there. Hopefully, you know, we see the more efficient Blankenship this next year where, you know, we can rely on him kicking a 45, 50 yard field goal whenever we need it because we know he's got the leg. It's all just a matter of putting it through the upright. Mm hmm. Well, I wanted to to wait till we talked about all the positions before I started discussing some of the later round guys and also some of the undrafted free agents. So I wanted to mention, obviously, Sam Ellinger, who's now your number two quarterback right now. Then you obviously have guys like Mike Strawn. You have guys like Tyler Vaughn. You have guys everywhere on this roster that are really competing potentially for a spot on this roster. Who are some of those mid to late round guys that you're really interested in watching this week and then this game as well? I'll tell you what, I do really want to see Strawn for a bunch of this game. I really want to see, you know, what Strawn's really capable of. I mean, we saw the video of him going up against Xavier Rhodes and, and making it look easy. I mean, that's impressive when you can 
get one of the better corners in football to look like he's not even in your league. I mean, that's very impressive. And, you know, from what I've been hearing from everyone, he's making a play every day. And that's great to see. I want to see it in game action. You know, if he can start doing it in real game action now, I, I think it is very, very possible that he makes the 53-man roster. Because if he's making plays like that in the, in the end zone, you've just added a whole nother element to your offense. And one that the Colts really didn't have last year was a true tall wide receiver to go get the ball in the end zone at that size. So I really want to see Strawn and, you know, I want to see obviously Tyler Vaughn. I want to see if he can create some plays, but overall, yeah, I'm really excited to see, you know, what he can do, what these guys can do with all this. And, you know, I want to see if Eason can get some of these guys involved. Mm -hmm. Yep. It'll be a lot of fun this week. Obviously we're going Wednesday to camp. So really excited for that. And then, you know, Carolina's coming to town. It's going to be a crazy good week, but guys, I think we're going to hopefully, and again, we're still talking about this, but maybe we're going to do a stream here of week number one, a live play-by-play like we do. So be on the lookout for that, but it's going to be an exciting week ahead for us guys. Really excited for that. Thank you guys for tuning in. We really appreciate all your support, everything that you do for us. And as always, guys, go Colts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.